Hello and welcome to another episode of Listen Up with Mr. I. I am, of course, Mr. I. We have started second semester here and things have settled down a little bit for me so I can get back to making new episodes for all of you. And today's is another listener request. I know I say this every time I get a request, but requests from you, the listener, make me very happy. And they make it a lot easier to make new episodes. So please let me know if you have any ideas or suggestions for topics that I can talk about on the podcast. You can use the request form on the podcast website, or if you are a student of mine, you can always send an email. Or if you want to send a request on Twitter, you can do so at Listen Up with Mr. I. L-I-S-T-E-N-U-P-W-I-T-H-M-R-I. So, yes, today is a listener request, and one of you out there asked about my favorite foods. And I have to say, there aren't any foods that I feel like I can't live without. I know some people have special foods that they can't imagine life without. You know, for example, if you were going to move to a different country and start life in a new place, you know, there's this one food that I have to learn how to make on my own because I will be unhappy without it. I don't have that food. I mean, certainly there are lots of foods that I really enjoy, so I'll talk about those, but yeah, there's not that one food. So as for food that I ate back in the U.S. before I moved to Japan, there really isn't a whole lot of food that I really miss that much and I want to eat a lot. I mean, I guess one food that I really like is Swedish-style pickled herring. So herring is a nishin, so pickled herring, nishinsuke in Japanese. Now, Swedish pickled herring is very, very different from Japanese uh, nishinsuke. The Swedish style is very simple. It's usually just the herring, the fish, and onions pickled in brine. Now, brine is basically just salt water. Uh, it's, it's got other things, but it's basically salt water and a little vinegar. And, and of course, then with, so you do that, and the Swedish style, you put lots of dill, the herb, dill. So for me, Swedish style pickled herring Reminds me a lot of my late father and Christmas. So growing up, we'd always have a Swedish-style Christmas dinner with pickled herring and kanakabrud. Um, kanakabrud is a very hard Swedish bread. It's really more like a cracker. And those were always, say that was always part of the dinner. And I really loved the herring. Now, luckily, there is an Ikea well, Ikea, I guess, if you want the Japanese, but Americans say Ikea, here in Sendai. And one of the foods that you can buy in the food market is Swedish-style pickled herring. Okay, well, until the coronavirus, at least, um, because apparently that stopped a lot of international trade, and that's made it harder to get the herring. But before that, you could buy pickled herring at Ikea. 
Hopefully, once the coronavirus settles down and normal international trade can resume, I can get my Swedish-style pickled herring again. And well, while we're talking about Swedish food and IKEA, I guess another food I really like is Swedish meatballs, which you can still get at IKEA even during the coronavirus pandemic because you can make it from Japanese ingredients. Um, yeah, so I, I think a lot of my liking the whole Swedish food stuff is a memory of my father. And I guess a lot of us have connections to our favorite foods that aren't just about the taste. They're about the memories that are connected to those foods. I mean, of course, those foods are usually also delicious. Not always. Sometimes we love foods that are really bad because they have a special memory, a special meaning to us. But most of the time, I think our favorites are things that have a special connection and are delicious. But it's that, that, that special connection that makes them that much more our favorites, I think, for a lot of us. But, of course, there are also foods that, you know, without special personal, special personal connections, there are these foods that I think we love. And for me, I guess one of those foods is tortellini. Now, tortellini is a type of pasta and it's one that isn't very common in Japan. You don't see it very much. In Japan, pasta is usually spaghetti, linguine, which is the, the, the flat kind of spaghetti, or penne. I guess maybe macaroni sometimes too. But those are kind of the four you usually see in Japan. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of different kinds of pasta if you look at it in Italy. But... Yeah, so Japan really is kind of mostly spaghetti, maybe some penne, some maybe fusilli, the little spirals, but not a lot of variety. Tortellini is a very popular type of pasta in the U.S. as well. As I, I don't know, I've never been to Italy, so I don't know for sure, but in the U.S., tortellini is quite popular. So tortellini, there are these little pasta dumplings, really. Now, a dumpling is something like gyoza, shumai, nikuman. Those are all dumplings. A dumpling is a type of food that has a filling inside of some sort of a skin. And tortellini is a pasta skin around different fillings. Often cheese, but sometimes spinach or tomato. And when I say cheese, I should say it's ricotta cheese, which is a, a type of cheese used for things like lasagna as well. So it's not the kind of cheese you put on top of a hamburger. It's a very different kind of cheese. But anyway, yeah, tortellini, usually, not usually, often cheese, but you also see spinach and tomato-filled tortellini. You can't find tortellini at regular supermarkets in Japan. But at places like Caldi Coffee or Jupiter, if you know that uh, kind of specialty supermarket, places that have a lot of import foods from all over the world, you can sometimes find tortellini at those places. When I was in university, every weekend, the cafeteria had a pasta night. And usually one of the options at the buffet was tortellini. I ate a lot of tortellini in university, I guess. 
I mean, I guess that's another food that I can have here in Japan, so I don't miss it. Um, you know, with both tortellini and Swedish food, it's nice that I can eat them, but it's not something that I need. If I couldn't eat those foods, it really wouldn't be a big problem for me. I mean, I did go five years without eating tortellini when I first moved to Japan because I lived in Kisakata and then in Hakodate. There weren't a lot of places for import foods. You know, once I, f- I found them finally in, in Sapporo, I found tortellini. You know, and then uh, the pickled herring, the Swedish pickled herring, it was probably more than 10 years that I didn't have them because you buy that at Ikea and I didn't live anywhere at Ikea till I moved to Saitama. And then here in Sendai, again, we have Ikea, so I can buy pickled herring. But 10 years, I didn't have it. And I was fine. It didn't bother me. It's nice to have them, of course. It's nice to have tortellini and, and, and pickled herring. But I don't need them in my life. So what about Japanese food? Well, I do like a lot of different Japanese foods. And again, there really isn't one food that stands out, one food that I love above all other foods. You know, there's not one food that I would choose every single time it's on the menu. You know, it, it's how I feel at the time that, you know, that determines what I want to eat. Some There are, of course, foods that I do really like. And a couple of them are probably saba and soba. I know those are very different things, but those are two of the ones I really, really like. Uh, I do love saba, um, especially shime saba. I mean, I'll have other kinds of saba too. I love, it's my favorite, probably my favorite fish. But shime saba is my favorite uh, way to have it. And I'll eat just about any way, sashimi, uh, nigiri sushi. But my favorite way to eat it is oshizushi. So sometimes when I'm traveling for work and I have to eat on the train, on the Shinkansen, I love to get the Oshizushi lunchbox at the train station, the Oshizushi bento. And that's usually, there's usually a choice if you go around the, the stations. For some reason, eating the Shimesaba Oshizushi bento on the Shinkansen is something I really enjoy. I know, I know it's a kind of little silly thing, but I really like it. Um, and let's say, I also love soba, soba noodles. Um, and my favorite for those are tenzaru soba, but any sort of so- of the cold soba dishes, right? Mori soba, zaru soba, whatever. I love, like I said, the cold soba dishes. They're, they're my, they, I love them. They're my favorite noodles, probably. But as I say, there are a lot of foods that I enjoy. And some of them, they took me time to learn to enjoy them. I mean, for example, sashimi. When I first came to Japan, I could not eat sashimi. I tried. I wanted to like it. But my first experience with raw fish, with no rice, you know, like sushi. I could do sushi, but I couldn't do sashimi. I just couldn't swallow it. I put it in my mouth. I chewed it. I almost threw up. My body just didn't like it. But I didn't give up. I knew that a lot of people love it and there's something I knew there was something special about it, so I had to try it. And so I tried again and again until one day, not too long after my first time, 
I could eat it with no problem. And now I love sashimi. So if there's a food that you don't like, you don't have to give up on it. You can learn to like it if you really want to. I mean, maybe there are some things that probably you can't, but don't give up. You can keep trying. Try it at least two, three, four times. If after that you still don't like it, then maybe it's not something you need to try. But you can learn to like foods. It is possible. But yeah, I mean, there are lots of other Japanese foods I like. Katsudon, Okonomiyaki, you know, both styles, the Osaka style and the Hiroshima style. Um, Hokke, so I, I lived in Hokkaido, so Hokke, the fish, very popular in, in Hokkaido. Um, I, I love Hokke. It's probably my second favorite fish after um, Saba. You know, just all sorts of foods I like. Um, so yeah, I guess there's one more thing I want to talk about, kind of finish the episode with stories about foods. Um, and I want to talk about foods that I have eaten a lot of. Now, I know it's not exactly the thing the person who requested this episode was asking about, but it's close enough, I guess. So growing up in the U.S., I ate a lot of cereal for breakfast. I know that in Japan, most people think of cornflakes when they think of cereal. But in the U.S., there are many, many, many types of cereals, mostly breakfast cereals. And I ate cereal for breakfast almost every day of my life until I moved to Japan. And I almost always ate the same kind of cereal. Cheerios. Just plain Cheerios. Now, Cheerios, they're the small little round donut-shaped cereal. They're made from oats. Oats mugi. Um, it's a type of... It's, it's not wheat, but it's close to... It's related to wheat. Wheat uh, komugi. So, Cheerios, they're made from oats. And now there are lots of different flavors of Cheerios. There's, I think there's honey nut, there's apple cinnamon, there's multigrain. Growing up, I just ate plain oat-flavored Cheerios with milk. That was it. Every day. Really, every day. I ate so much Cheerios that now, sometimes for my birthday or Christmas, my family will send me Cheerios as a present. It's kind of funny. Um, I, I really depreciate it because you just cannot get Cheerios in Japan. I've tried. I've looked. You can't find them, even at Costco. So, yeah, I, I grew up, I ate Cheerios for breakfast every day. And then when I was going to school, I always had a bag lunch at school. Now, in the U.S., you can usually buy your lunch at school or you can bring your own. Elementary school students often have little plastic lunch boxes with cartoon characters or whatever on them. And older students, junior high school, high school... They usually carry their lunches in these brown paper bags. So most people in the U.S. call it a bag lunch, right? Or maybe a sack lunch. Bag, sack, kind of the same thing. And I always took my lunch to school. And almost every day for 12 years, elementary school, junior high school, senior high school, almost every day, I'm not joking, I, I really mean every day, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, of course, being from the U.S., what I call jelly is what people in Japan call jamu. 
So Americans, we say jelly in the U.S. So yeah, peanut butter in the U.S., it's a little bit salty, and usually grape jam or grape jelly, grape jam on a sandwich. That was the main part of my lunch for 12 years. I usually had a piece of fruit, maybe a small snack as well, but yeah, every day, Cheerios for breakfast and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. Not super gourmet or anything, but something that did well for me, did, did, did well enough at least. I still enjoy a PB&J sandwich, though now I like to have more variety in my jam, maybe strawberry, you know, other things, not just grape. And I use, like to use a much better bread than I used in growing up. So, yeah. Well, I think that's about enough talk about my eating habits. Are there any foods that you think you would miss if you moved to another country? Let me know. And a big thank you to whoever it is that requested the topic. Remember that if you want to request a topic or ask a question for the podcast, use the request button on the homepage. Send me an email if you are one of my students. You have my email. Uh, you can also use Twitter. You know, look for at Listen Up with Mr. I on Twitter, all one word. You can contact the podcast there and follow for updates on Twitter. And remember, if you want automatic updates for the show, get the every new episode downloaded automatically. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, other places you can get podcasts. Well, that's all for today. See you next time.